get recognized in the media so that you can reach more people, grow your brand and make more money. And today we're doing something a little bit different. And I figured, you know what, I'm the boss and I can do that. So today I wanted to bring on somebody who's very near and dear to me, my dear friend Sylvia, or Sylvia L. Jones, as she's known professionally. And you may be familiar with, yes, you may be familiar with some of her work. Sylvia is going to tell us about her career as a TV news producer and how she parlayed that into becoming a Hollywood TV writer. So Sylvia is amazing. She's such an incredible person. I admire her so much. And um, we've just been, we've been friends for a couple of decades. So I just want to introduce you to Miss Sylvia L. Jones. Hey, Sylvia. Hey, Steve. So glad to be here. Thank you I'm so, much so excited. Thank you for joining us today. So we are, we're, y'all going to get a lesson today. So, you know, you guys, I know you're always talking about exposure. And this woman here is the queen of exposure. And not only has she been a media gatekeeper, but she's also parlayed that into getting exposure for herself. And that's how she has now launched this incredible career as a Hollywood TV writer. So, Sylvia, let, let's start kind of at the beginning and uh, tell us a little bit about your journey in television news and how that how that got started. Oh, my goodness. Um, seems like it was so long ago. <laughs> I have to reach way back to come to get to the beginning. Um, I was a journalist for 22 years. I, um, I worked in, had the fortunate um i was fortunate to work in my hometown of chicago um starting off working freelance and um in news at fox 32 on their morning show um and then i was part of a um a minority training program that was really wonderful at abc7 for about a year and a half then i went and did producing and reporting at uh in toledo and detroit then came back home to Chicago as special projects producer at WGN, then went back home to ABC7, and that's where I finished my career. I was there for 10 years before I decided to um, take it all up and move to L.A. Wow. Okay. So when you, when you, before you got out of television news, you were at ABC7 in Chicago as a special projects producer. So tell us a little bit about what is a special projects producer? Oh my goodness. Um, I, well, start, it's, it's the greatest job in television news. <laughs> I may be a little <laughs> bit biased. I may be just a little bit biased. Just a little but, bit. Um, it, it's the greatest job. At least it was the greatest job for me. Um, and the reason for that is I had, I had worked on a little bit on both of the camera. I had been a line producer, a show producer, which um, is the person who um, kind of controls the whole of the show and decides, you know, down to the second, what aired when, how much time it gets, that kind of thing. They're, they're, you know, they bake the whole pie. Um, and I had also been a reporter briefly where you're in charge of your one story, um, and you kind of plug and play in that area. And it, and it was wonderful. Um, for me, when I first got the opportunity to be a special projects producer, which was actually all the way back in Detroit in like 2000 or 2001, 2000, something like that. 19, oh, it was actually it was sooner than that. I know, right? We're, that, we're dating I'm ourselves. <laughs> 
Um, but anyway, um, that was my first experience. And for me, it was a great opportunity to merge the things that I liked about both jobs. I've never been a person who really wanted to be on camera that much at that time in my life. I didn't want to necessarily be on camera, but I loved the idea of being able to be out in the field, to be out among people, to tell individual stories, um, that kind of thing. And special projects allowed me to do that. But to the point of being a show producer, where you get to be kind of the, the, person who crafts the entire show as special projects producer, I got to do that a lot too. Um, so if there are big events, a debate or um, uh, some type of political show, or when we were at ABC seven food drive drives, all of those okay. kinds of things and were televised all day. Um, those were big major projects that, um, you know, I like started from concept to completion. When I was at WGN, one of the big signature events that I um, that I produced was the back to school the WGN back to school fair, which I think they still do. Um, they do, yeah. I could be wrong, um, but that started way, 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 way back uh, with me. And those were the kinds of things that I just so enjoyed doing. It gave me a chance to um, kind of be the master of a whole, um, but at the same very specific about um, the kind of stories that I was telling and to um, find the kind of people who I thought should be on television and, and give a unique perspective and had a unique and interesting story and that kind of thing. And plus, I, I think it was my director I had in the church used to always you probably pass 25 stories just on your way to work. You know, he'd always say the news is not in here, meaning the newsroom, the news is out there. And that always stuck with me. And so I always wanted to be out there, out in the world. Right. With, um, the people where the news was happening. Wow. So when you're trying to find those story ideas, how do you, how does that process work? So are you sitting in the station at your office and you're going, Oh, I want to do a story on X, Y, Z. Let me go find somebody who's an expert in that area. Or are people coming to you and pitching their ideas and pitching themselves as stories? It is really a combination. Um, sometimes it is, it's, I may have an idea, and I'm telling you, an idea can come from anywhere. It could be from reading a newspaper or magazine article. It could be from seeing a billboard as I'm driving to work, a conversation with a friend that says, hey, this is happening, or my child's school is doing this. It could be the idea can come literally from anywhere. And if it's something that I think is newsworthy and that I think our viewers um, would benefit from in some way, then I start my hunt, and I start looking for people who would play well in that arena and would have stories to tell and, and be great contributors. There are other times, though, that I would get pitched. Um, and that would come from whether it's PR agents or from um, business people or just from regular folk in the community who, you know, would call me and say, hey, this is going on or, hey, I think this will be a great person to feature or that kind of thing. And, you know, sometimes it's like, yeah, mm, not, I don't think that's going to work. And there are other times I'm like, oh, my God, where have you been all my life? Right. Why, <laughs> why am I just hearing about this? Yeah. This is fantastic. This is gold, you know. 
Um, so you just never know. You're always perched and ready. Um, so yeah, it really was. It really was a healthy combination uh, of of seeking and um, and being approached, being pitched. Oh, awesome. Okay, all right. So listen up, guys, because most stations have special projects producers, and Sylvia is telling you how to get their attention. So you know, a lot of people want to reach out to the anchor or the host of the show when, in fact, it is the producer that you need to contact. They're the ones that you need to be able to sway and convince that you are the perfect guest for their show. So Sylvia, tell us what, um, you know, what are some of the elements that you look for when you're looking, when somebody pitches you and say, oh, well, you know, this might be a good idea. What do you determine as some of the elements that make up a good story? First, it needs to be interesting and um, interesting and unique in some way. It can't be something that um, I've seen a million times in exactly the same way. And then it can't be something I haven't seen before, but if it is something I've seen before, there has to be some kind of fresh take on it, something new and interesting about it that like, oh, you thought you know this, you knew this. Oh, but you didn't know this about it. So it has to have some kind of unique or interesting um, take about it. Um, it has a view of benefit. So that if I know my audience is, is, sitting there watching, there's, there needs to be some kind of takeaway for them. We take our audience very seriously, and we know that they make a choice when they turn on the station and watch us versus the competitor. Mm -hmm. And so we value their time, and we want to make sure that if they are, are watching something, it's because there's something in it for them. Um, and also, timeliness. Timeliness matters. And I think timeliness is, is probably one of the key elements that people miss the most. Um, sometimes it, it helps to be an opportunist. And, I, and I, I say that word tongue in cheek because I know being an opportunist always has a negative con connotation, but it really is the best way to describe what it is that I'm saying. A, you, there may not necessarily be a story um, or a feature in what it is that you do just innately. But because of something that's going on in the news anyway, mm -hmm. that may that may be your opportunity to, you know, I mean, like now we, you know, the health crisis that everybody is, is, is dealing with right. is something that top of mind. Mm -hmm. And you may say there's too much coverage, there's not enough, whatever your opinion is. But if you are a person who, you know, your job or your um, business has something to do um, with this issue, and, and I don't mean that means you have to be an infectious disease expert, you could be a psychologist that focuses on wellness or um, um, a yogi who focuses on children and helping them cope through scary, tough times. Right. Could, I mean, you know, there are, there are any number of different things that oh, you could absolutely. say, oh my goodness, ordinarily, I may not have been able to pitch this to get a, a, a segment on this particular thing, but now I can pitch my, um, my, my mindful yoga, -ness, yoga class for children 
who are out of school right. for you know and experiencing anxiety um, and they're missing their friends and, and they, you know their whole routine exactly. has been upended and you know they don't know upended. what to do with that and yeah exactly so guess what you have just found yourself an angle right. to get a feature on a television show um because parents are hungry right now for yes. things to do with their kids way to get their kids moving and not be potatoes how to get to just calm down and relax because all of us have a, a little extra angst um nowadays in the midst of everything that's going on so absolutely that's, that's perfectly normal that yeah you may not necessarily think about in terms of a global crisis but guess what you fit in so sometimes mm-hmm. it's just um being creative about what it is that you do and figuring out how you can take opportunity um, through the timing of it. And, yes. and so now you see what I mean? Like it's opportunistic in a way because you're taking taking advantage of what's going on, but it's not a negative thing. It right. is about how can I bring value? Absolutely. How and we talk a lot about that bring and value. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I did a Facebook live just the other day. And, you know, in my Facebook live, I was telling everybody, you know, people are saying, well, you know, once we come out of this, then, you know, I'll be ready to pitch and I'll be able to, you know, look for media. And I'm like, no, you have to consider the circumstances now and figure out where you fit. Right. And I was telling them now is pitching season. You know, I sit in the newsroom every day and we're trying to find story ideas, many of them related to coronavirus, because Let's face it, it affects each and every one of us. And there are, Mm -hmm. you know, we have to inform people, but it can't just be about, Mm -hmm. you know, how many people got sick, how many people died. We need to give people information so that they can stay safe, so that they can better their lives. And I was telling everybody, you know, many of my clients, you guys, you know, we need to be pitching right now. Like you were talking about, you know, the person who does the yoga, how you can tie that into coronavirus. I was talking with a young lady who's actually a, she's a weight, she, she focuses on food addiction and weight loss. But, you know, I was telling her, you need to be pitching because now you have all these people who are at home 24 seven with all of this food. (laughs) excess food that stockpiled. we have purchased everybody's got this yes. food stockpiled and you know we're all gonna come out of this if we're not careful 20 30 pounds heavier you know how do you deal with that i'm like this is your area of expertise exactly. now is the time for you to be pitching right now that's a segment that is absolutely that's a segment, a segment. For sure. you know we were talking about you know homeschooling and you know there's a young lady that i know who began homeschooling her kids back in September and she has two, one is elementary school, the other one's in uh, middle school. And, you know, now, you know, all of the parents are homeschooling. Who would have thought, right? One day in March, mm-hmm. schools would just close and everybody would be homeschooling. I'm like, you don't even have to be an expert. You can share some of, you spent months researching this before you did this with your family and you're succeeding at it. Share some of those tips, those, those things that you're doing that can help other families have the success in homeschooling that you've had, you know, and they don't have teaching backgrounds and, you know, special education backgrounds, you know, this is the time share that information. That's what we're looking for. So when we're talking about timeliness, that is so key. You are so right. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. And and to add on to what you're saying, um, it's the relatability of it. I love that you mentioned the fact that, you know, it's not always the expert who's, you know, well-trained in this, that, the rest, and the other, you know, it's like, 
a lot to use your example, a lot of parents are sitting at home. I mean, they could be PhDs, but they're like, oh my God, what do I do with this three-year-old? You know what I mean? It's like, they have no idea, but somebody who's, you know, and they, they hear this expert on television saying, do this and do that. And they're like, no, but I need somebody who actually understands, you know, right, who's, exactly. who's in the house with a three-year-old, who's yes. in the house with a five-year-old, who right. understands, and who gets it. And so this other person gets on and it's like, oh, no, if I can do it, anybody, anybody and, can you know, do I'm it. I'm a mom just like you. And, you know, all of that kind of thing. Then you feel there's a relatability, like, oh, no, she's not, you know, she, she she's just been doing it. She's been in the trenches and she can tell me that. Right. you know, how she got over. So that ability, it yeah. matters. And it gives it you a glimmer of hope. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. People should learn to use what they have. Seriously. Use what you have. Yes. Yeah. And that's what the media wants. You know, they want it to be authentic and genuine, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, and emotional, you know, really touch people, yeah. you know, really share that, you know, even if it, you know, if it's a story that makes people laugh or makes people cry or makes, you know, or if it's something mm-hmm. just exciting, something even to just divert your attention from all the other negative stuff that's going on. Uh, for really, sure. You know, for sure. We all need something. some levity right away. We right now. do. Absolutely. Boy, do we ever, do we ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you want to, you know, definitely hook onto those current news stories and those trending topics. Um, and again, you don't have to be an expert, you know, just share your level of expertise that you have in what you're doing every day. So now you, you've done that. You've spent all this time in television news and now you have reinvented yourself. So, <laughs> so tell us, how did your experience as a TV news producer help you as you began your career as a TV writer in Los Angeles? Wow. Um, that so many ways. But the first thing that popped in my head when you said that was... Um, my skill as a producer, uh, one of the things, you know, we, the producer is the, is the backbone. Mm-hmm. Um, and you become dogged when, it, when you are looking for a story. You learn how to, you know, shake everybody, how to look around every corner, you know, how to, you know, come through the back door if the front door is locked. And many times the front door is locked when right, <laughs> you right. with the camera. <laughs> Um, so, um, so you learn persistence and you learn how to navigate people and you learn how to ask questions and you to, um, how to be someone who people, um, will tolerate, tolerate being around, you know what I mean? Mm, yeah. Um, and, and all of those skills, those soft skills that they call, as they call them, they mattered. And they helped in um, in my trying to navigate a new path because I found that more than anything, following my instinct, being willing to raise my hand, being willing to walk up to strangers and introduce myself and tell them who I am, what I'm trying to do, and uh, getting to know them, all of those things helped so much. And I mean, I know it sounds you know kind of cliche, but you know, and those things sound small, I know, but it, they really, really did matter. Um, and that was how I got most of the opportunity um, that I got by, you know, networking. I, I almost hate using that word because it, it's become so cliche, right. but it really is the truth. Um, you know, just trying to navigate an entirely different world where I was a fish out of water, where I didn't already have um, a bunch of 
contacts and, and people who were willing to help. Um, but I was a hard worker. Um, I showed up. I, I had something to offer when I got there, and I had no problem telling people what those things were. Um, and it helped. It right. helped, you know, it repeatedly opened doors. And it also hurt that I was a really good writer. I am a good writer. Right. There you go. Absolutely. That that, that kind of <laughs> helps a little bit, right? And those are, all, you know, all those things that you sad. talked about, too. You know, they also help us when we're trying to get in the media. Like you said, putting yourself out there, being will, willing to talk about yourself and what you do mm-hmm. and what you offer. You know, being willing to reach out to those people who have the power to say yes to you. Right. And then, you know, doing that research, knowing what it is that they're looking for and making sure that you have those skills right and you have those skills tight so that, you know, when you're pitching yourself and, you know, even as a TV writer, that's what you have to do. You have to pitch yourself, you know, when you have those skills. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I think that's that's another thing that um, people miss and that I can't stress enough. Um, it was true for me. I found this when I was, you know, trying to get jobs, opportunities, et cetera. But it's, it's the same thing for when you're pitching a story to the media or trying to do anything. Um, people tend to go up to other people asking for something, mm. you know, I, like, how can you help me? Like, I, you know, I'm looking for a job. Can you give me a job? Mm-hmm. Can you give me a hookup? Can you help me do this? Can you help me do that? And it's seldom that we're walking up to people saying, here's how I can help you. What can you I know? do for you? And yes. What can I do for you? And if you, you know, if you are coming, bringing something, that makes people a whole lot more likely to turn around and Absolutely. say, oh, well, you do me absolutely yeah so So when you're contacting the media it's not about oh look at me look at me it's here's what i offer here's the value that i bring to your audience this is what the takeaway that your audience will get that's exactly right and so many people don't get that so people and i know from being on the other end of the phone and the email you know changed so many times of people pitching it's you know more about put on TV because A, I want to be on TV and B, I want to promote my business, brand, event, mm-hmm. community, whatever. Right. And it's like, as a producer, I may or may not care about your, your all of those things, but you need to tell me how this is going to benefit my viewers. Right. So if it, benefits, if it benefits my viewers, then I'm interested. But just the fact that you need to promote your business, my famous line always would be, well, I'm happy to transfer you to the sales department. <laughs> exactly. Because they will gladly sell you a commercial. Yes, that sounds like a commercial do. to me. Yeah. Yeah. If you if you want to if you just want to promote your business, then you can buy as much ad time as you want, and I promise you they'll sell it to you. Mm-hmm. You know, they mm-hmm. they have no trouble taking you. They'll even give you a nice bundle, probably. Right. Um. But. That's what that's the difference between the sales department and the news department. In the news department, there has to be something that is the viewer benefit. It's not just now if if by chance you get on and um, the side effect of it is that, hey, you know, you get all of this promotion and, you know, people are looking at your business or they show up at your event or they take your, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, which, of course, is what you want. That's great. That's the benefit. But walking in the door with just the attitude of, 
hey, I need some coverage because I need to be on TV and right. because I need to boost my business. And I, I, as a producer, don't care. I really don't. Right. You know, but if you're telling me, hey, this is going to be, a, this event is going to be great for the community and people are going to be able to get this and that and, you know, this is free for them and we're offering this discount for them, you know, then it's like, oh, no. no right. I'm now I'm listening. Thinking. Yeah, exactly. Now I can't stress that enough. Or, yeah. Right. You know, um, so that's the way, that's the kind of spirit that you have to walk in the door with. And that's the kind of spirit that I took with me as I was trying to get opportunities. One of my biggest opportunity, um, when I started was working on the shy on showtime. And, um, part of the, part of the reason that I got that opportunity in talking to, you know, the, the heads of the show was pitching them all of my Chicago knowledge from having been a journalist in Chicago for so many years, as well as having been born and raised in Chicago. And they were doing a show based on the South side of Chicago and needed people with Chicago, Chicago knowledge. It's like, I know Chicago. You know, (laughs) that much I know, you know, if I don't know anything, I know that. And having, having, I know it as a native having grown up here, but I also know it from a very different level having been a journalist to cover it. I always joke and say I've, I've been to every neighborhood at least twice, and right. especially the ones you've never heard of, you know, <laughs> um, you know, I can have a conversation with just about anybody about just about any suburb because I've probably been there to do a story to cover something right? at least once, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and so, and that kind of thing mattered. And that was what really opened the door for me. Um, and of course, once I walked in the door, I did a great job and I was a good writer and all the rest of those things. And so the rest of it is history. But as I was pitching myself to, you know, one of the people who would be running the show, basically he was not listening to me thinking to myself, thinking to himself, oh, this young lady she really needs an opportunity because she quit her job and she and she just, you know, she's struggling out here and is trying to break in. And I just really ought to give her a chance because, you know, she wants to be a writer. He right. didn't care less about that. He didn't care. He's like, what, <laughs> what can you do for issue. me? Right, exactly. Right, you know, but instead I was telling him, hey, you all are looking for people who, you know, who know Chicago. I've done this, I've done that. You know, I, I know all about the, the political inner workings. I know the government. I know the city hall. I know the south side. I know the west side. I, you know, I can I can tell you, you know, this so many different things about the inner workings. And he's like, that is what I need. And mm-hmm. that is what I don't have. You know, when you plug a hole, that makes a difference. There and you so go. Right. that's what made him. That's what got his attention and was like, OK, you are somebody who I need in a writer's room. Awesome. I was there offering something that he didn't have. It wasn't about, you know, not that he, you know, was a horrible person and didn't want to hurt, want to help me. That wasn't it. It's just that wasn't the goal. And I wasn't walking in with the attitude of, um, hey, I need a hookup. Right, know? right. Yeah. <laughs> like, here's, here's what I, I can do for you. Here's no my skill cares. set and here's how I can help you. Absolutely. And, exactly. You know, that's what we always exactly. do. And that's why it's called pitching. You have to be pitching what you can do for them. So tell exactly. us, so what, what are some of the other shows that you've worked on? You mentioned The Shy. Um, on The Shy, I worked on um, Pearson, 
which was the um, spinoff to Suits in the USA that starred Gina Torres. Um, I worked on a thriller, which was phenomenal. Tell Me a Story on CBS All Access. I worked on season two. Um, I also wrote the upcoming biopic, um, Clark Sisters, First Lady of Gospel. First Ladies of Gospel, which is airing um, on Saturday, April 11th yes. on Lifetime. Um, and I worked on the show Cherish the Day, which is Ava DuVernay's um, a romance anthology on OWN that just recently wrapped. Yes, I love and that show. And currently... I'm working on I'm working on the um I'm in the writers room for one of the spinoffs for the show Power on Stars. Amazing. So I've been keeping busy. I've been yes. keeping busy. Oh my gosh, that is so amazing. That is so amazing. So what is next for you? What what does the future hold for Sylvia L. Jones? And now we're gonna be looking for your name in the credit. Everybody remember Sylvia L. Jones. So when that when that <laughs> name comes up on the screen, let's give a shout out to Sylvia, our homegirl from Chicago. Yeah. So what's what's yeah. next? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm I am over the moon excited about the Clark sisters. Um, that was a dream come true to have the opportunity to um, to write that story. I grew up as a fan, and I'm still a fan, um, and feel such a kin such a kinship um, with that family, with those with that group. And so forth. And so to get that opportunity to, to write their story was just amazing and phenomenal. And to, um, you know, and to now see it actually come to life is is incredibly thrilling for me. Um, and then like I said the current project that I'm working on, our room is only four weeks old, um, working on one of the spinoffs to Power. And, you know, Power has been such had been such a phenomenal show for yes. six seasons. On stars, the the you know the driving force there, um, and so I am honored to now be in the Power family and be able to uh, to mix it up a little bit. A very different show yes. than Clark Sisters. Yes, <laughs> but but you have um, to be versatile, right? Oh my gosh, that's you amazing. You have to be versatile, and that's what I love about. It. That's actually what I love about everything that I've done so far, because nothing is repetitive. Nothing is duplicative. You know, um, each show has been its own separate um, kind of a kind of force. You know. Um, it's been exciting. It's been exciting. I mean, it's funny since the last show that I was on was a romance anthology where I got the opportunity to write a love story. Um, and I came on that show coming from the Tell Me a Story. So I went from <laughs> From one extreme to the other. Yeah, I love how yeah, you're exactly. you able to flip a, and flop, a you know. thriller. Right. To, and then Pearson uh, is like a political romance. drama. So you've got it all mixed. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I have been, I have been incredibly blessed, just, um, just beyond measure. It, I can't even tell you how thrilling it has been for me to have the opportunity to walk in so many worlds and um, be a part of so many different genres. And in such a short time, I mean, I've, I've just marked four years of having been in, um, in LA and I'm already on my fifth ship. Wow. And actually being made and airing so um 
So, you know, I have to pinch myself every once in a while. That is amazing. Just, <laughs> like, oh, my God. Wait, am I really, really happening to, you know, so, so it's, it's fantastic. It is really happening, really and I'm so excited for you, and, you know, just want to thank you for allowing us to come on this journey with you. I mean, your story is so inspiring and motivating for all of us. So I appreciate you taking the time and spend with me and my audience today. And hopefully we can check back in with you even later and, you know, talk more about the incredible things that you've been doing and really making your mark out there in Hollywood. We're so proud.